Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. So since this month is to honor the Reformation, as we do as Lutherans in a special year, don't forget, of the 175th anniversary of the LCMS, Wilhelm Seeler comes to mind for me today. He was the first vice president of the newly founded LCMS in 1847 and the first president of the seminary in Fort Wayne. Matter of fact, all the years I went by there, there was an auditorium called Sealer Auditorium, and it's named after this man, and that's where all the visiting lectures and all the conferences are held. And here's the thing. Early on a very different path on the other side of the ocean. First, he followed in his father's footsteps with military prestige to join the German-Prussian army. Only later, he kind of got tired of it. Maybe his mind wasn't stimulated enough because he was a very smart man, and he wanted to go and study at the University of Berlin, got his doctorate, and then ended up finally at preparatory school teaching. Now consider this, what he did not have in his plans. We read, though deeply interested in religion, Seeler was not much of a Christian. However, as Seeler explained later, God intervened dramatically to convert him. One day, Seeler lost his temper, beat students, and stormed back to his room. There, overwhelmed by shame and guilt, he realized the depth of his sinfulness. But he also found his consolation in the Christ of the Bible, true God as well as true man, and Sealer's Savior. His life was never the same. So you could say one kind of glory for another was exchanged for this founding father of the LCMS. The gospel is a gift. God is more than ready to give than we receive. Pride, you must know, presses very hard against God by the children of men. But it's the mercy our Father sent in His Son that must prevail for us all. So, two men went up to the temple to pray. This is a simple parable. But before distinguishing those characters, it's that going up to the temple that we lack much of today. By this parable, Jesus showed the expectation for any Jew during his time. Notice both men went up and both men called upon not any God, but this would be Yahweh of the Old Testament, Elohim, God. They both knew who God was, not the God of the pagans, the God of whatever men make up. This is the God of Israel. The New Testament holds up the same truth in being the church. Acts chapter 2, right from the start. You know the verse, you should. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. The church went up and came together. 
And yet, going up has been lost for many to leave a secularized kind of Pharisees and tax collectors for us today. So what does it look like, Pastor? Well, here you go. The Pharisee dabbles in self-made spiritualities, all kinds of mix and match today you can find from the internet and lots of pluralistic religions to cut and paste as you see fit. And that's why the champion phrase today is this is what works for me. Self-made gods, customized. But the tax collectors, well, too, are out there. The sinners, we know. Greedy way of life. And they cry out in that kind of repentant way, but it's to an empty void, not to God. And it has no mercy to share in this universe. So pride in a godless society like ours, becomes more prideful. You see? And while remorse leads also to an even greater despair without God, and we wonder why people have a rise, especially of young people, with suicide. It only increases it without God, the true God. To this, Jesus promises from the Old Testament how he is the temple, the word made flesh. And so he says very clearly, come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word in the Greek is Sabbath. It's referring to going to the temple and the synagogue. And Jesus is claiming the spot as God for all people to know by his grace. Of course, when coming to the temple, that's where we get our text today, there are still two different ways before God. The righteousness of the Pharisee was his own making with pride and his aim put down others. First, he describes what he is not. Did you get this? In terms of sinful actions, not thoughts, but deeds. But finally, he takes it all and looks Add it in comparison to the tax collector, just to affirm what he is not. Second, he praised what he did do in terms of piety in the Jewish church and made that his place of boasting before God. I thank you, God. Really, God was doing nothing for him. He did it for himself. So, Luther writes these words, so God forgives all sins, Luther says, except for presumptuous pride. He will not and cannot forgive it. When arrogance is present, forgiveness of sins cannot be. For then the worst sort of corruption prays around under piety. This is the danger we have with minds, hearts, bank accounts, plans, and lives already full, unable to receive the grace Christ gives by his gospel. And that is some scary stuff. Because we know the one who is the prideful of all is not any person, but our archenemy, the devil, who pulled down all of humanity with him. And to commune in that kind of spirit is bad news. 
Now, the righteousness of the tax collector denies, as we see in our text, what he made of himself, and he aimed at God's mercy. He summarizes his confession. If you notice, it wasn't long-winded. It was very simple. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's like going to alcoholic, anonymous, or some kind of an addiction issue, and you're supposed to just supposed to stand up and just say, I am an alcoholic. Well, instead of one particular thing, he just said, I'm a sinner. The whole Old Testament, you see, pointed to God doing the saving. That's what he understood. And the temple, his holy presence before God's unholy people, Israel, that still at times kept them holy. This tax collector had no room for boasting because he was a worker of Rome. And with that came greed. That was very easy with his job to steal and to take. Jesus, by this parable, shows failure of works and our worthiness was to receive a righteous rightness for this man that could not, he couldn't give himself. All the sacrifices at the temple before God's holiness in the Old Testament, as you know, were shadows, were pictures of Christ's perfect sacrifice that would cover a multitude of sins to make sinners holy in Him. Rather than competition that we love so much today in our society and comparison, which churches love to do, it was about pure gift that God forgives. And so faith receives this promise alone by his word that would not fail him. What follows this parable, if you caught today, because there's two parts you can preach on, and so I chose the first one, but the second part flows from the first. Did you notice? It stands on that kind of grace that was given to the tax collector, that mercy for any at all. The disciples were acting like a bunch of Pharisees denying even the parents to bring their children. And what does Jesus say? Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child, you ain't going to get it. Which is the faith of a child, the gift of what God gives by his spirit freely. And so adults can be like Pharisees to children. And Jesus will not put up with that. And Pharisee and Pharisee actually our baptismal life. I know what you want to do. I want to do it too. You listen to the two characters and you want to say, I'm this guy, not that guy. As Lutherans, we say, you're both. You're a blessed saint, but you're also a damn sinner. St. Paul did great good after his conversion from being a Pharisee but still counted himself the least of the apostles, right? And he wasn't afraid that I, to say, I am the chief of sinners. And yet, did you catch it today? Reliance on Christ alone let him confess to Timothy in his second letter, which Paul was getting towards the end of his life, okay? And he said those words, I 
have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is righteousness. He claims it at his own. I, I, I. Jesus for me. Which the Lord, he says, the righteous judge will award to me on that day, but he doesn't stop. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He wasn't being a greedy Pharisee, but he certainly was greedy enough to claim Jesus for himself first. And then from claiming Christ for himself as a gift, he said it's for all our people who love that appearing of Jesus, the crucified Savior. Not some exclusive boasting in works of despairing over life, but the gospel greets us with richness for this saint and sinner struggle that we have until death. Christ, forgive us of that pride that takes hold so easily. But his grace lets you and me confess and believe what he gives that cannot fail. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You can play with that and say it's like coming to church and leaving the same way you came, missing what God wanted to speak even through a pastor who's still a sinner. Don't forget, pastor wears white, but underneath, what does he have underneath? Whole lot of black. But the word is at work for you today by grace to go away with something better for your life as a gift in the work of the Holy Spirit with sins forgiven. Mary sang of this kind of humility when she carried the Christ child for everything hinged on God's giving. She understood that. And so she sang in her great Magnificat, he has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. The righteousness of Christ makes a life together for us, not justified by our works, but in him, Christ, as received by his holy word and sacrament, gift. And this gift of God's justifying goes home with you. And as pride dies from what Jesus gives as gift, a service of love is in faith to God first, to trust how well he is gracious to us and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The mercies of the Lord are truly new every day. And it's with that faith in God we can give good to others. And so even before our death, the Lord Jesus claims his justifying work for you has made a place in the house of his Father with many roots. Pride presses hard against God. And we've got a lot of it, even in the church. But it is the mercy sent by our Father and His Son that must prevail for us. God grant His grace to live in this good news by faith as the church, 
to not call by His grace into our presence and to put to good use whatever gifts He gives. And gifts are far more than money, but skills and even the very people He might put before us in our lives. Wilhelm Seeler, humbled by the mercy of God, later saw the need to be in America at the age of 42 over in Germany. And so he'd spend the last 42 years of his life building up that Lutheran confession of the gospel. It's not about pride, but a humble gift that we're to pass on today as God would grant us to our families, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and even for the community in Wabash. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.